I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Father and Son. This is an episode that we've been waiting for. We could finally talk about Star Wars Visions, all right? The episodes dropped on September 22nd. Let's get started. Let's just talk about each episode. Let's give a summary of the episode. We'll start with episode one, The Duel by Kamikaze Duga. A wanderer enters a village intimidated by bandits led by a dark lord of the Sith. Episode two, Captain Rhapsody by Studio Colorado. A wild concert gets interrupted by Boba Fett and his gang of bounty hunters. Their hut guitars is wanted by Jabba the Hutt. So the bounty hunters take him back to Tatooine. But the rest of the band follows so that they can perform one last time. In episode three, The Twins by Trigger. Twin sister and brother, both of the dark side and very powerful. One sibling is obsessed with wanting more power. The other wants to take power away from the sister before she loses herself completely. Okay, next would be the village bride from Kinema Citrus. A village which was <clears throat> previously occupied by separatists has a new threat. Marauders return to take their property and the granddaughter of the village chief. But this, a mysterious masked woman takes a stand to defend the people. In episode five, the ninth Jedi production IG, a ruler seeks to restore the Jedi Order and requests Jedi to gather at the temple to receive their long-lost weapon, the lightsaber. Episode 6, TLV-1 from Science Saru. A droid dreams of becoming a Jedi. His master tasks him with one thing, finding a kyber crystal and making his own lightsaber, the weapon of a Jedi Knight. In Episode 7, The Elder by Trigger. Master and Apprentice investigate the presence of a Sith locator in the Outer Rim. Episode 8, Lop and Ocho, Gino Studio. A father speaks out against the Empire occupation of his home planet, Town. One daughter makes peace with the Empire and joins them. The other learns the ways of the Jedi. And in Episode 9, Akakiri by Science Saru, a Jedi suffers from nightmares of death. When he accidentally strikes down an ally, he makes a deal with the dark side leader to bring his friend back to life in exchange for joining the Sith. So those are the nine episodes of Star Wars Visions. In short summaries. Mm -hmm. And what we'll do is we'll just talk about a few of the episodes that stood out for us. Right. All right. So let's start with episode one, The Duel. Um, now, I really enjoyed this episode because it reminds me of a character that we've seen before many times. Starting with the Akira Kurosawa films, you know, we had this character named Ronin, who was a wanderer who would come into the village and some big event would take place and he or, or she would make a stand and um, lead the village impacting the people of that town or, or village. Now, that is a story and a character that you've seen throughout many movies from different directors from all over the world, starting with CEO, uh, Sergio Leone with the character, the man with no name that appeared in some of the Westerns. 
even in The Mandalorian, you know, there was a story that was taken from uh, a Kurosawa film called The Seven Samurai, right? And yeah, then like also- in that episode four, when the Mandalorian came in, helped the villagers by fighting off the uh, Clutchman invaders, and then he left. Exactly, yeah. And I find that this story, you know, no matter how many times it's told, even though you may know how it would end, it is still a compelling um, story to watch. And I really enjoy that character in the duel. And we were fortunate enough to interview with executive producer James Wah and producer Kanako Shirasaki of Star Wars Visions. And I asked a question to both of them in regards to what is it about this character that filmmakers just find so appealing? I think it's, uh, you, you know, I, it comes to, it's kind of the Shane story too. It, it, it's a story about the one person that makes a difference and chooses to stand up and motivate others so that they can they can not fear, but instead face their fears. I mean, there's nothing that's more Star Wars than that, but there's also just a, what a great human story. Mm-hmm. I think the reason you see that in Star Wars storytelling a good deal is because of the massive influence Kurosawa's work had on, on George uh, and, and Seven Samurai in particular, like even Yojimbo. Um, you know, these films had such an impact um and so it's so woven into like the foundation of star wars that of that it, it people want to tell that story in new ways and and um and and re-express it so you're right the mandalorian did a seven samurai episode that's wonderful um yojimbo is uh it, it was totally inspired it turned into the man with no name because sergio leone also saw that great kernel of a story there about it's really about characters becoming their better selves to help others and i think at the end of the day uh that's what storytelling should inspire in other people and so it it, it aligns very very seamlessly with the type of storytelling we want to do uh with star wars yeah so like being like better itself is is such a challenging like (laughs) in everyday life like we are striving to be better but it's not always easy so that's why people love that type of story like you can portray yourself or you can uh you know see them as a hero and want to be like that um so like the Ronin from the duel and also the f from the village bride they also uh you know it's the selfless and trying to uh save the village people uh, costing their lives so that is something like it's really like a universal story I think and that, that's why it's coming from like Kurosawa it's also this uh like coming from many different stories like from different parts of the world all right so again you know I, I really enjoyed that episode that one stood out for me so let's talk about another episode called The Village Bride all right now the character what I found interesting about this character the character was wearing a mask and I was wondering why this character was wearing a mask because I'm thinking, okay, is she trying to hide her identity? But if she nobody is walking- there knows her. Exactly. If she's, if she's a wanderer, then nobody would know her to begin with. There's no danger of her running into somebody who she may know. Good point, right. You know, if she is coming from out of town, even if she didn't have a mask on, I don't think nobody would recognize her or have any idea who she is or where she's from. So I was right. wondering if there's something else about that mask. And I'm thinking, you have a, a comment about that? Yeah, I'm thinking it may be something like what the Mandalorian has. He can't remove his helmet in public because that's just the code he took. Ah, it might have something like that. Mm-hmm. 
That's very good, actually. Yeah, that may be the problem. That could be it. And I was also thinking, usually the character of the Wanderer, we were just talking about the Ronin character, they don't have any allegiance to any side, you know, so they're actually there for themselves. I think at some point, maybe she had a master and maybe she had a falling out with her master and then maybe she wears the mask uh, for shame. Like, you know, maybe she felt disappointed in herself uh, that she, you know, that she didn't live up to her master's expectations and she needed to keep the mask on until she was ready to have the confidence to reveal herself as a true Jedi Knight. Um, and which that does happen in this case, right? When these marauders, as we talked about, uh, try to take over the village and they want to take the uh, granddaughter's, uh, the, 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 shop, the, the, chief. the chief's granddaughter as collateral. You know, it, you know, they're very bad people, obviously. And then that's when she decided, okay, remember she had a, a ponytail. Yeah, she just cut it off. Right. And, you know, the story with the ponytail Actually, that's something in Star Wars as well. You know, we know Padawans have a ponytail. And then yeah. once they have been... And for species that don't grow hair, right. they just get beads. Oh, how about that? That's Did you know that? Like I said... You're right. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. And then at a point where they have now graduated to becoming a Jedi Knight, they cut that ponytail. And that was the decision she made, that she was going to stand up to these marauders, right? That she was now finally going to reveal herself as this Jedi, she cut off a ponytail and she took off the mask and she stood up to those to those villains and took them down, you know, and she did very well. And that to me is the opposite of what you see um, as far as um, in American culture in regards to the, the comic book heroes that we are aware of, right? Where they wear the mask to hide their identity whenever a crime is committed or some catastrophic event is happening. Right, but when when the evil people came to the village, she took the mask off. Right, it's so completely it's, different. Yeah. It's ironic because mm-hmm. it's the exact opposite of what we've come to know. Exactly, exactly. That's a very good point, right? Because- yeah, like think about it. Characters like Batman or Green Lantern or like um, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. they wear masks right. so that when it comes time for crime, right. Hey, that runs time for crime. Mm-hmm. They put their masks on and then they head out. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was, it was very interesting the, the the way the mask is being represented. So the mask is there um, until she's ready to reveal herself. But for you know our the superheroes that we know of, the mask comes on once there is a, a big event or a crime that's being committed. So I thought that was very interesting. True. Good. All right. And that was episode four. Let's talk about episode five called the Ninth Jedi. Yeah. All right. This to me seemed out of the nine episodes seemed to be the most cinematic. It yeah, just you just saw the speeder bike, yes. all the colors, sound effects, the sound and the music, the score. I mean the orchestral score, you know, it sounded like something that you would expect from a John Williams composition, you know. So it, to me, I could see this episode becoming uh, a part of a, a a scene in a film or a, a TV series. And Look, when you have a speeder bike chase in anything, I'm hooked. I'm yeah. there, okay? And this speeder bike chase through the woods was awesome. Yes, I do. And, you know, what I liked is uh, Kara, uh, the, the lead character, was uh, deflecting the lightsabers. What she actually did, she turned herself around. The, the bike is going in one direction, but she's looking in the other direction, trying to deflect these blasters. 
um, bolts, and it was fantastic. So I was I was hooked on that, and I liked the twist to that story. You know about the temple. We actually expected that uh, those leaders in the temple were all Jedi. And yeah, and that the person who had bought them there was a Sith, mm -hmm. but it turned out to be flipped all the way around. Everybody except for one Jedi or a Sith. Exactly. But the person who called them there was a Jedi. Right. And you know how it's that plot twist. Exactly. It was a plot twist. And you know how that was set up for us at the beginning when we met Kara's father, who was a swordsmith, right? He creates the lightsabers. And he talked about how each lightsaber is activated based on uh, the, the character's um, connection, you know, with, connection the with the force, right? Exactly. So, so it's just fitting that there's turned red. Right. And that's exactly what happened. And he did that intentionally to, so people can know which ones are Sith or which ones are, are the villains and which ones are, are good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very smart plan. Right. Right. And how about that turn of event for the main character, Kara? Because when she first picked up the lightsaber, it was a gray lightsaber, grayish yeah, black it was lightsaber. Yeah, like grayish green. And it, it had muted colors. Right. And but come the end of the episode, it was like bright green. Mm -hmm. Right. And then her father again explained to her that, you know, because of her connection, maybe, you know, with some training that that lightsaber would turn a different color. And at the end of the episode, it actually turned to green. Right. 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 The, so the, the connection with the forest got stronger. Exactly. Exactly. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed that episode. So those are the three episodes that we wanted to discuss that came to mind for us. Um, now let's talk about our favorite episodes. Right. All right. Do you want to talk about, I will, well, actually, do you mind if I talk about my favorite episode? Since I've already brought it up. Okay. Sure. My favorite episode is the the, the duel, right? Um, the Ronin episode. I, again, you know, I just love that storyline. I love the character. Um, the visuals was fantastic. You know, when the, 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 the Sith revealed herself and she had that umbrella lightsaber i can't even describe it where you know she just had the one blade and she was able to have it spin and it, it, it was it was wonderful it reminded me a little bit of uh, you know the the lightsaber blade for other characters that we've seen in star wars um so it was fantastic like darth maul uh not darth maul but the inquisitors as a matter of uh, fact you yes. know how their blades spin yeah, around they have those circular blades exactly. like a like the grand inquisitor yes and you spin them Correct, correct. Yeah, so that it reminded me of the Inquisitor. Of course, that's actually kind of a flawed design because if you think about it, this is what Kanan did. Like, you could just slice the lightsaber because if Slicing somebody's got half. their hand in the middle, you could just chop part of it off. Yeah, but you really have to have skill and precision to do that, right? Because if it's spinning such a, such a fast, you know, if it's spinning so quickly, you have to really have to cut it in half at the at the precise right moment. at the precise moment at the right moment. Yeah, yeah, but that's good. Yeah, but you really have to be a skilled Jedi to do so. And what I also like is, you know, of course, the visuals. I love the music. You know, when they were having that uh, battle between uh, Ronan and and the Sith, I heard Duel of the Fates. The music sounded like Duel of the Fates. You know, so it it it. it Harken back to the Phantom Menace. So to me, that's my favorite episode. Let's talk about what your favorite episode is. So it would have to be T.O.B. one because he reminds me of me in a way. Mm -hmm. Like adventurous, he wants to become a Jedi, he wants to explore. Those are all things I do. 
Yeah, you know what? I like it too, because to me it was, um, you could say a father and son relationship between his master. And TLB1. And, and TLB1. It also reminded me of Luke and Obi-Wan's relationship at Star Wars uh, A New Hope, the first episode, the first movie. You know, how Obi-Wan explained to him about the Force, what is the Force, what is the Force, how does it work? He talked about the weapon of a Jedi and how this master also told the droid, if, you know, the droid had a dream that he wanted to become a Jedi, right? And here this elder gentleman, you know, he's guiding him like any parent would want to do, you know, uh, or any uh, person a mentor wants to do. You don't want to tell uh, the person exactly what they need to do, but you just guide them and just give them yeah, advice. Yeah, just say, you know, these are some things you shouldn't do. Yes. These are some things you should do. Right. Not like, don't do this, don't do that. Da, la, 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 la. Right, exactly. So he explained to, to, to the droid, if he wants to be a Jedi, okay, well, you're going to have to find your own kyber crystal. You're going to have to understand what the force is, right? And he, you know, had to learn that for himself, you know? Right, and that was pretty cool. And, um, and also there was also uh, an environmental lesson I got from it too, because um, the, the master's mission was to actually create a world, right? That creates life. There was clouds in the sky and that there was grass on the, on the ground. So to me, he was trying to get this droid to actually learn how to create life, right? Which in turn, you, you know, you're always told that you want to leave this world better than the way it was, you know, or the way it was you know, previously. So that, is, again, is another environmental lesson that uh, this droid was given by this uh, father figure. So I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. All right. So I do think that's it for today. Okay. Uh, one other thing. We did talk about season two, right? We wanted to know if there was going to be a season two. So let's, uh, you know, this is a question that we asked yeah, uh, the, the executive answer. producer, James Waugh. Let's see what he says about season two. Will there be a season two? Uh, don't have an answer for you right now. What I'll say is that we are continuing stories uh, from uh, season one and other media. There's like a, there, there's a novel Del Rey is doing right now that's called Ronin, which is an ex basically continues the storytelling of the, the, the character we were just talking about from the duel. Um, we're looking for other opportunities like that in manga and, and, and other ways. Will there be a season two? I, I look, we love the potential visions. We love that we get to unlock these types of stories and see fresh takes on Star Wars. Let's let's see how season one does. And if people love it as much as we do, um, maybe the answer will be yes, we will see. Uh, fingers crossed. Now, I honestly think there will be a season two because... I mean, they must have said so many ideas for the episode sure clearly they must have more up their sleeves than just these nine episodes exactly there must be more mm -hmm. i do agree with that so i'm you know i although you know he may know if there's a season two but it's not the right time to announce it but i'm looking forward to it when it comes and i'm looking forward to these episodes because it's really introduced something about star wars that we haven't seen before um i am not myself into anime and i'm seeing it now um and i'm enjoying it and i would just love to see more of this in the in the star wars 
in the Star Wars galaxy. Me too. Yeah. And you know, I I'm not much of an anime person either because mm -hmm. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. But this is this is new for me, and I like it. I agree. Yeah, it's new for both of us. So we'll look forward to it. All right. Right. But that's it. That was our, our review of Star Wars Visions. Uh, again, you know, we really enjoy these episodes and we just talked about the ones that uh, stood out for us. And um, great. This was wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right. Keith, can you tell everyone where they can find us? We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can like us on you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Exactly. We also have a website under fathersidegalaxy.com. And I'd just like to say that it does seem like Star Wars is going back to its roots because people like George Lucas and others have actually seen Akira Kurosawa's movies and based their stuff off of his movies. Like that's where they got their inspiration from. Exactly right, and that's how George Lucas was inspired to create Star Wars for Kurosawa, right? So exactly, it's it's like Star Wars giving back. Right. Yeah. So wonderful. But that's it for today. See you next week, everyone. All right. All right. Take care. We'll see you again. <laughs>